When our family was expanding, my husband and I began searching for a house so that we would have more space for our up-and-coming little girl. On the mid-June day that we got the rest of the furniture out of our old house and moved it to the new house, we took our two-year-old with us to the only home he had known. We opened the door for him, and he stepped across the threshold inside the living room, and he stopped. He took a quick glance around the living room, tossed out his little hands in confusion and wonder, and he said two words, it's gone. Women of Galilee who had been walking alongside Jesus during his ministry were now taking care of him in his death. They had attended his execution. They had followed Joseph of Arimathea and noted how Joseph had wrapped Jesus' lifeless body in a linen cloth and laid it in a cave-like tomb. It was almost sundown on Friday, almost the Sabbath, but they still had time to prepare the spices and ointments before resting on the Sabbath, according to the commandment. At early dawn, as early as possible on the Sunday morning after the Sabbath, they brought the spices and ointments to Jesus' grave. Can you imagine their grief? But at least they had each other for comfort. And so together, when they found that the stone had been rolled away, they thought it was odd. But when they went in, they did not find the body, which was even odder. I can imagine them looking at each other, tossing their hands in wonder and confusion, and saying, it's gone. Now, our two-year-old son had two witnesses, his father and me, to tell him that the living room furniture had not simply disappeared from the earth. The couch, the chair, and the entertainment center had been moved to a different house. But he was too, like he could understand. He had no concept of furniture disappearing, just like the women at the tomb had no concept of not finding a body to anoint when they had seen it being put into the tomb. It's puzzling when we encounter something new, no matter what it is. We are creatures of habit, and when all of a sudden the landscape is completely different, it takes us a while to figure out how to react. Can you identify in any way with this uncertainty and this confusion of walking into a room and it being completely empty? Maybe a death? Maybe a new stage in life, a new job, retirement, a new affection for someone surprising, an old affection rekindled. Paul tells us that through Jesus, the old has passed away and everything has become new. But sometimes, usually, that newness challenges us. Perhaps it's because we have only a part of the story. So often we have only a part of the story because stories have to unfold. My parents gave me J.K. Rowling's latest book on CD that I listened to in my car, and I tell you that my parents gave it to me because the language in the book is not churchy, and I don't want you to blame me for choosing it. 
Rowling is a master at developing characters, and this book has many of them. Consequently, it was confusing at first, getting to know the many characters. But as I listened more to it, I learned the connections that the author is making between the characters, and still I'm almost halfway through, and the micro-stories of each of the different characters are moving toward a macro story that I don't know yet. It's sort of like when we've been sick or we've been having these symptoms and we don't know what's going on, and then one day we find a diagnosis and it becomes obvious and we can look back and say, oh, now I remember feeling short of breath when I walked up the steps at Calvary Baptist Church. Or, now I remember how I felt after eating that spicy food. Our personal stories are larger than we can picture at any moment. And they often have greater consequences than we can even imagine. So think about the women at the empty tomb again. While they were perplexed about this, about the body not being where it was supposed to be, Suddenly, two men in dazzling clothes, two witnesses who had a larger understanding of the story, stood beside them. The women were terrified, and they bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, but has risen. Remember Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Remember how he told this to you and all the disciples. Remember what he said? After he would be crucified on the third day, he would rise again. Remember? The story is still unfolding. A forgetful husband thought he had conquered the problem of trying to remember his wife's birthday and their anniversary. He opened an account with the florist, with dates and instructions to send flowers along with an appropriate note signed, Your Loving Husband. And his wife was thrilled by this new display of attention. And all went well until one day, many bouquets later, when he came home, kissed his wife, and said offhandedly, Nice flowers, honey. Where'd you get them? Remember? Remember, said the two witnesses. (gasps) Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and all the rest. Luke tells us this was a significant group of women who heard this news and then witnessed about it to the other disciples. It was Mary Magdalene, it was Joanna, it was Mary, the mother of James, and other women. We don't know how many women who were with them and who went back to the disciples and told told the rest of the disciples the story. And it seemed to them like nonsense. It seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. How do you think the women felt when the others who were back wherever they were said, You're kidding. No way. As much as they wished for their dear friend Jesus to be alive again, that simply doesn't happen. 
And wouldn't we react the same way if someone came back from the cemetery and told us that the grave of our loved one was devoid of dirt and the casket at the bottom was open and empty? As much as we may wish for that, it just does not happen. Peter must have been intrigued, though. While the women's story seemed to be a happily ever after fairy tale, maybe it sparked his memory of Jesus telling them that he would be handed over and crucified and on the third day rise. He had to find out for himself whether another miracle might have been accomplished by his friend and mentor, Jesus. Peter ran to the tomb, stooped, looked in, saw the linen clothes by himself, and then he went home amazed. That's the end of today's section of the story. In today's 12 verses, we don't get the whole story. We don't get the whole picture. We only get a segment of it. The women and Peter have completed a chapter of the story, but the mystery remains. Where in the world is Jesus? So we have to keep letting the story unfold. If we continue through the last chapter of Luke's gospel, we learn that the risen Christ appears to Cleopas and a companion on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And they don't realize it's him, even though he's telling them about all the scriptures and how this had to happen, that this person had to be killed. And then they recognize him finally when they get to a home and they're eating together and they recognize him in the breaking of the bread, the Eucharist. And so straight away they have to go back to Jerusalem and tell all the other disciples what they've seen. And when they get there, they find out that Jesus has appeared to Peter and to others. The story is unfolding. And then the mystery of death and life is confounded further because Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified, we're told by Luke. Well, I think I would be too. And so Jesus has to say, Peace be with you. Then he has to convince them that he's real. He invites them to look at his hands and his feet and touch him. And he even eats a piece of broiled fish to say that it doesn't like go through the top and fall out onto the floor because he's a ghost. Don't we wish for that similar type of proof? We wish that Jesus were still around for us to see and touch. We wish he would teach us the way that he taught his early disciples. We wish miracles of healing would still be obvious And yet we have the power to remember. Remember how Jesus has been active in our lives. Remember how he saved us from a major mistake or saved us from ourselves or saved us from other people. Remember how he shows us that the way of life is through giving ourselves to others in his name. Remember that death and grief always lead to new life. Remember that he told us, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. 
Remember that he gave us the Holy Spirit of God to help us remember what he taught us. I can't remember our two-year-old's reaction to walking into his new home and seeing the old furniture there. But over time, the newness has become comfortable enough to be old so that now and then we hear, I wish we had a different house. And how true that may be for us, too. We wish we had a different house. We wish we had a different life. We wish we had a different job. We wish we had different relationships. In this unfolding mystery of life, can we hear Jesus saying to us, Peace be with you? Whether our metaphorical rooms are full of furniture or empty, do we recognize that God has not forsaken us? Peace be with you, Jesus says. At whatever stage in life we find ourselves aging, waiting, jobless, betrayed, angry, joyful, underappreciated, relieved, burdened, scared of the future, peace be with you. Can this stage be enough? The tomb is empty. God has conquered death and offers new life. Regardless of the mysteries of life, can it be enough? Peace be with you. Jesus said to his many early disciples, Jesus says to us, peace be with you. Let's pray together. This peace, O Lord, can be elusive at times, and yet you offer it to us again and again. Remind us of all that you have given to us and remind us that all we have is enough because we have you, the risen Christ, and your peace. Amen.